Welcome to the clan! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. Listen, this podcast exists because we want you to win. And you're going to need leverage, whether you're an artist or whether you're a songwriter, in order to move forward and to succeed. And, and what is leverage? It's a strategic advantage. It's the power to act effectively, to know what you need to do and to be able to move mountains and make it happen. That's why we called it the CLIMB, C-L-I-M-B, creating leverage in the music business. That's the brilliant wordsmithing of my co-host and my good friend, Mr. Brent Baxter. Brent is an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady Antebellum, Joe Nichols, and more. And what I love about Brent is he helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how to write like a pro, how to do business like a pro, and then, gosh darn, he gets you connected right in with the pros. You can talk to some publishers and some people. So uh, reach Brent very easily at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They help you find your sound and they help you grow your audience so you can become the artist that everybody loves so you can get paid. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at daredevilproduction.com. That's production, singular with no S and there is no S because there is no other Johnny D. How you doing, brother? I always feel like Ed McMahon when I do that. <laughs> I want to be Carson, but <laughs> but you are Carson on your episodes, and I'm your ex, so. and then I'm your Edric man. Hey, <laughs> half our audience has no idea what the hell we're talking. Uh, not about. at all. Oh well. So uh, hey, we got a killer episode today. Real quick before we do that, uh, if you haven't joined the Climb Community, please do so on Facebook. Um, just search for the Climb Community. Ask to be let in. We'll let everybody in, and if you're bad boys and girls, we'll roadhouse you. Share this content if you like it, if you find it valuable, if you think somebody could use a certain episode, share it with your, with your industry mates and uh, you know, let them know it's cool. And leave a rating and review. Take a couple seconds. It makes us look legit to the people who are just sticking their, their toe in the water. And of course, we read all the reviews on, on the air. So uh, we'll make you famous. And then the lastly, just subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast and it automatically appears magically in your phone whenever a new episode comes out. And you don't even have to think about it, yo. But mm-hmm. um, with that, brother, we got, uh, we got a killer show today. I am, I am, I don't know if I'm, if I'm more stoked or if I'm more prideful that it was like one of my friends, but uh, we have Grammy, newly Grammy winning engineer, Zach Allen on the show with us. How you doing, Zach? I'm great. That sounds, uh, sounds weird to hear, but you know, it's got a decent ring to it, I guess. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, so Zach is, uh, I mean, I've, I've been working with Zach. How, what have, it's been a few years now. Like, I was thinking about that this morning. I think it's what, three or four years now. It, yeah. And it's kind of funny how it came about, but I think, uh, Dave Norris introduced us. Um, yeah. uh, but I knew of you for probably a year, year and a half. I was already a fan, if you will. You know, I was reading your blogs and like, man, this guy, this guy's innovative. He knows what he's talking about, man. I gotta, I gotta give me some of this knowledge, you know? So I was already a fan of yours. And then, uh, when you reached out, uh, I thought it was super cool and we've been working, you know, together 
ever since. Like I That's said, right, I, man. Yeah. So for those of you um, listening here, Zach, uh, in the last Grammys, which was what, about a month ago, uh, if that, um, yes. from the time of this recording. So it's going to be maybe six or eight weeks from the time that it drops. But um, one Grammy for, and please, Zach, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, engineering for best contemporary blues record on the new Taj Mahal and Keb Mo release called Taj Mo. Am, am I right? You are 100% right. Yeah, that's, that's uh, correct. Um, yeah, they won it and uh, they got to play. Um, they didn't, you know, most, if you're not like top, top 40, you don't actually make the show, but they, mm-hmm. they have a prelim show that you can stream online and uh, where, you know, the guard, it was at the garden this year, which is different. Usually it's in LA. So I got to watch them and they performed. They killed it. It was it was really cool, really cool, dude. So awesome. so you know we've been we've been working together for for three four years now, and we, we've done a, a ton of recordings, some artist recordings, a, a ton of uh, song demos, and um, we got a new program we're gonna talk about at the end of the show. But man, it was just so exciting to hear. Like, dude, I was literally when I heard about it, I was like pounding the roof of my car, like. Yes, yes, yes. Like, couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. I mean, you've just been here grinding it forever. And uh, I thought it'd be a great idea to bring you on this show and just, you know, get you talking about your story. Like, like tell us about how it happened. Like, how does one, wh- what day did you wake up and decide you wanted to be an engineer? And then how the heck did that turn into a Grammy? Like, can you take us through that? I would love to. Well, it's kind of funny. So uh, I tell everybody that I actually, I went to a full cell university in Orlando, Florida from 2006 to 2007. And um, I didn't go until I was 24 years old. And I had um, basically just been playing gigs, uh, you know, playing cover songs for four hours, you know, and for on the beach that, you know, that guy and, uh, you know, tried this, tried that. Nothing ever, you know, resonated with me like songs and like music and just, just the emotions that it can bring out of you. So one day I heard about full cell and being at that age where it's like, I can't, I don't really want to go to a four year college at this point. I can get in and get out. It was like 40 hours of class time a week. So I think they weighed it to like three years of college in 12 months. So it was kind of really a perfect fit. I was at a place in my life where I was ready to just go all in and not look back, leave everything behind. I'd lived within the same five blocks, even the apartment that I lived in that I was still like right down the road from my parents. So even though I was, I'm from Myrtle Beach originally, so it's not completely a small town upbringing, but it, it's like you're kind of living in a shell, if you know what I mean. Yep. So um, you ask, how did, when did I decide I wanted to be an engineer? So I show up the first day thinking, you know, I want to be a, a record producer because, you know, I thought that the producer is the engineer essentially. So I actually took out a massive loan for thousands of dollars and, and showed up living in another state, uh, to become something that I didn't even know exist. I'd never even heard the term audio engineer. And I, I, you know, that I know that sounds crazy, but it's, um, it's just kind of a thing. So I was like, all right, I need to basically work 10 times harder than everybody else. I was pretty, you know, I was like most songwriters, no offense, but I was pretty computer Mm -hmm. illiterate. You know what I mean? Like I didn't know any of that stuff either. I didn't come from a a computer savvy family. Um, So I had to work, you know, five times as hard. Um, Went there for a year, did really well. um, And then I think about month 
seven or eight of 12, I, I just decided I'm going to Nashville. It was something in me, like an intuition thing that just, we had had talks with various career advisors, you know, LA, New York and Nashville, they're the kind of meccas and then Atlanta, Chicago, Austin are kind of the secondary. And uh, me being from, you know, two states over South Carolina, uh, plus in, I didn't want to be too far away from my family at the time, and it's still this way, you know, um, financially, I know I'm going to have to get up here and intern. So I don't want to go and spend, you know, $2,000 a month on a 500 square foot, you know, studio apartment in New York. I could, you know, get somewhere a little cheaper, not get too much further in debt into where I even can get the plane off the ground before it even gets going, you know? So there was just a lot of things that brought, you know, pushed me here. And um, so literally I showed up, I didn't know, uh, one person in the music business here. I didn't know anybody. I just kind of, and um, because Belmont's here, because NTSU is here, they have so, they've kind of got the stronghold on all the opportunities for interns and for, for anything like that. So you were an outsider. You were an outsider. Coming very, to very, very much, you know. <clears throat> um, so somehow. So, so uh, is, there, is there a more uncomfortable feeling than pulling into a town and you know nobody, and you're like, I mean, did you ever have a moment where you're like, what the hell did I get myself into? <laughs> like, you know, no. I mean, uh, oddly enough, I didn't because uh, when I, when I, I mean, literally, when I decided this is what I'm doing, it was like that was it, and there was no plan B. Um, you know, I wasn't gonna have, I was gonna make it work. You know, and I know that sounds, I don't mean it to sound cocky, but I never once. Sure, you have some bumps in the road, you have failures, you have days or, you know, times where clients don't, you know, you're not going to, not every client's going to like everything you do, just like not mm -hmm. every um, publisher is going to like every song you write, you know, but that yeah. doesn't mean that a lot of people won't like what you do. So you just have to take the failures and learn from them. So, you know, I got here, I remember that first day, you know, driving around with my dad, we went down Music Row and I'm expecting it kind of to be like it's becoming where, where there's like big tall buildings everywhere. It was just a bunch of little houses. And I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, these are just some good old, you know, down home guy, you know, I can get, I can do, you know, get with this. But anyway, I got it here. It wasn't as intimidating at, at, at first glance. Not at first glance. And, you know, it, I mean, I just, I knew this, this kind of sounds like a Rocky movie or something, but I like, I had my dad drop me off and like, a kind of kind of sketchy apartment, you know. I was I just got the first place I could find. I purposely wanted to come home every day and see this crappy apartment, and that use that as a reminder why I'm doing this, you know. Just train the mind, Love Love train that. the mind beyond anything, you know. Because man, yeah, this sucks. I had to sit at home on Christmas Day in my one bedroom crappy apartment by myself because uh, one of the first gigs I got up here was a guitar center, you know, which I, you know. Some people can scoff at, but I, I would be very thankful for that. And I, I met some great friends to this day that I still, you know, value and everything. And, um, but anyway, and I got to learn some stuff because like I said earlier, I was so far behind from a technical standpoint, I had to be around some guys that at least kind of knew what they were talking about. Like you couldn't even buy pro tools in the music store in my town. Like I'd never even heard of pro tools. I mean, it was so crazy how late I was to the game on all that. So 
anyway, um, well, you Zach, know, this is this is Brent Housen cutting for a second. Hey, Brent, I'll go ahead. A couple, um, couple important lessons here. Uh, one, you came to town and you didn't know anybody, and this is a business where a lot of people use that as an excuse. Well, you got to know somebody. Well, yeah, absolutely. You got to know somebody. That's right. <laughs> you know, yeah, you got to know somebody. So what did I do? I got to know somebody. And the other thing is, uh, you didn't let yourself get too comfortable. Um, no. I mean, I, that made me think of when I was living in Little Rock after grad school, and I knew I wanted to eventually get to Nashville and do the songwriting thing. And I took an entry level customer service type job in a cubicle at a telecommunications company. And I, you know, I could have worked for some raises and for some promotions and stuff. And I just couldn't quite do it because I didn't want to start making more money and get too comfortable. For one thing, I didn't like the gig, but you know, the more money I knew I was going to make at that, the more kind of comfortable I was going to be, the harder it was going to be to leave that. So, uh, so I can relate to what you're saying. Like I didn't have a, you know, the little scare, sketchy apartment, but I didn't have a little apartment, but <laughs> I'm saying, you know, I'm not going to get too comfortable because I'm, I, I don't want that to distract me from my goal. Yeah. I mean, if you go down that road, then it gets harder and harder and harder to get out of it. You know, right. um, handcuffs. Yeah. The, yeah, exactly. Hard to get off the pole. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, <laughs> I think, I think one thing, you know, you said, you know, with, I got to know people, I mean, whether, whatever, whatever you're doing in this industry, whether you want to be a producer, you're producing albums or you're, you're recording albums or you're writing songs for people, or you're an artist trying to get a deal at the end of the day, you have to sell yourself. You know, you have to convince whoever you're trying to sell to that, that they, they need to, you know, buy into this, not, sometimes not always with physical money, but they need to take an investment in that relationship. And, you know, so it's just the way to do that or the best way to do that I found is to qualify and know your audience, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and that's, that's basically what I do did and still do to this day, because I mean, I I'm not in my mind and I hope I'm, I'm right here, but in my mind, like I'm just getting started. Like, I feel like I'm just getting to the point where I'm like, this is kind of the beginning. The first 10 years have been just everything to get to this point. And now I can start kind of mingling with the real cats that, that are, are really doing stuff and, you know, making it, pulling the strings, so to speak. So expanding your possibilities, expanding opportunities. Sure. Cool qualifying your audience, you know, if you're a songwriter and like, okay, you say you listen to, you make a list of 10 songs that are on the radio that, that you're liking. Okay. I, I, man, I write songs like this. I dig it. Okay. Well, who are, who's singing these songs? Who, who wrote these songs? Most of the time it's with the artists these days, you know? Mm -hmm. So Miranda Lambert, who's the other two people that wrote this with, you know, find out who they are, then find out who their publisher is and then go and look at that, that, publisher's website and then make a list of all those people and then find out when those writers are playing writers nights and then go, you know, you just gotta, mm-hmm. you know, a, I, I don't want to get, I hate the word networking. Cause I just, I think you can throw that word in the trash can all times, build relationships. Yeah. That's the right. difference. Take yeah. an investment. Like if somebody comes to you and is like, yeah, my kid, you know, whatever their name is, remember that kid's name. And next time you see him, Hey man, how's, you know, Audrey, I'll just say Audrey. Cause that's my new, my new kid's name. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And yeah. just by doing those little things, it shows that person that, man, he's, he's really, cares about me and he wants to he's not just in it to try to get suck everything out of me he can he he wants to 
genuinely cares about me as a person, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's, um, I think, I think I get a lot of kids, you know, just on the engineering front. Hey man, what mic do you use and how do you do that? And it's like, man, that other stuff that I just spent, you know, a few minutes talking, that's way more important. You know what I mean? Like I've gotten so much more work obviously I know how to make stuff sound good and I can run it fast, but I've got way more work because of the relationships I have. And, um, and even more than that, I get more work out of being a musician myself, understand musicality than like, Oh man, he, he uses this crazy mic trick, you know, whatever. I mean, that's, that stuff's just, you know, pizzazz, you know? So, so when you, uh, so what was the first engineering gig that you got where was it an internship or how did that manifest? Yeah. So after, you know, as I mentioned, I did a couple like production labor things, worked at guitar center for a while. And, um, I, about, it was first of December, maybe late November of that same year. So I got up here in July. I struggled, you know, was just nothing for six, seven months. And I finally randomly got two emails from the full cell uh, career development department. Um, so apparently like two studios had reached out to them and say, here, here's um, opportunities for internships. Uh, one was at Starstruck, which is Reba's place. And yeah. coming here with stars in your eyes, you drive by it. It's like, whoa, like, oh, that's awesome. like you know, <laughs> and I've still never worked there to this day. I've like tracked in like every freaking. I've tracked in Blackbird Ocean Way tracker, like every big room. I've never worked there, oddly enough. Uh, but, um, you know, so there was that and there was another place called Love Shack. So I made a resume up and one thing to note in the first, first sentence, the one sentence subjective up top, I changed the name of like to receive an internship at, you know, at a studio and specifically put the name of the studio I was sending the resume to. Mm -hmm. Never heard back from Starstruck, so I'm still waiting on that call, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the guy at Love Shack, which is like a little, it's a little vocal overdub room, it's still there. I think it's on 18th, called me and he said he had five resumes in the pile. And because I specifically, he a, it went to Full Cell too, but, but because I specifically notated the studio, that's why he picked my name. I mean, how random is that, you know, yeah. but it's just those attention to detail and just going that little bit extra, you know, um, without being a suck up or anything. It's just like, you know, something that I did. So anyway, well, I got isn't that something you want from your engineer, the attention to detail and doing that little extra. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and if you, yeah. you know, it's, I mean, you have to, I mean, like a hundred percent is just not enough in this business. I don't care what facet up because there's too many guys that are given a hundred percent there's you have to go 110 115 you know that's a good point right there Boom. i mean i'll skip i'll skip it i'm gonna skip way ahead till about three months ago and we'll backtrack but just a quick story i work with keb he's a very dear friend obviously at this point and this uh keb Mo. yes yeah. absolute four-time grammy winner you know he's he he's like a jedi of wisdom every day i walk away with something new in life you know beyond all the musical stuff i get from him but so i um i'm doing, I think I had one of these like slam sessions or something. I was, you know, it was a 12, 13, 14 hour day. I live in Hermitage, which is about 10 miles, 11 miles directly east of downtown. He lives all the way in Bellevue, kind of out by Loveless Cafe, mm -hmm. like 
ten miles the opposite way. side of town. <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah, it's forty minutes. I was working at Music Row, so I I had a session with him the next day, um, and he, you know, he. I mean, we kind of have his studio set up to where you know it's everything's parked but sometimes you know we'll do a horn section i mean we've done small string sessions in there so you know stuff need to be turned over and i i you know i'd been working 14 hours but i left the session i drove all the way out there and i drove back and when i walked in he looked at me and said zach allen you're willing to do what unsuccessful people are not willing to do and i was just (laughs) like golly that feels pretty good you know so (laughs) i'm stealing that line (laughs) that's good you know, but oh, dude, it's like every day that guy's got like some new knowledge dropping and it's just like, I would like write stuff down for song ideas and all kinds of stuff. Cause he is just so, uh, ahead of the game and understands the power of the mind and, and what you can accomplish, you know, with your mind and just by having the right mindset, having a positive mindset. So anyway, um, where, where were we before I went, Oh, what, first, first studio and like, how did I break in? So Anyway, started at Love Shack for about three weeks. And as you guys know, the town pretty much shuts down during Christmas and, um, you know, for like a week and a half, two weeks. So I said, hey, man, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'll go see my family um, and you do the same. I'll call you first week of the year. Great. You know, call him up. And he's like, um, hey, man, I was like, when do you want me to come back to work? He's like, well, I got some some interesting news. I took uh, a job at the tracking room. And I was just like, my heart just sank because it's like I've been up here for eight months just begging for any opportunity, you know, and, and he's gone. And I was like, ah. and I'd, I'd hit it off with him. He was like, I'll tell you what, call the guy who, who runs the studio who, um, and see if he'll take you. And if he won't take you in a week, you know, call me back. The tracking room guy? Uh, the tracking room guy said that to uh, about the guy that was at Love Shack, the the place okay. that I, you know. Gotcha. So uh, anyway, follow. <laughs> I know it's a lot of a lot of moving parts, and I'm not going to drop any names because I, you know. Anyway, so guy at Love Shack did not call me back, and um, I went to the tracking room, and in six months I was I was you know doing ever like starting to assist and all that kind of stuff, and this goes back. Um, Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. 
Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. The mentality with that, and I guess it's a little different with a songwriter writer or artist, but I think it's just the whole thing of doing whatever it takes. But um, there was a guy, and I, I apologize, I forget his name, but he produced all the Kansas stuff back in the 70s, like Carry On My Wayward Son, yeah. and, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, Dust in the Wind and all that. So he spoke at Full Sail, and he said a thing like as an internship, you know, you're going into an internship, and he, he's like, make yourself irreplaceable. Like, if you see a coffee cup, get it. If you see what, it, what, it, just do it before you have to be asked to the point when, oh man, my internship's up. They're like, well, who's going to do this? You know, it's like I a mind thing. That, you know, it's like, yeah. you make That's how your, Lexi became my digital marketing manager. You just go as an intern and literally did so good that it wasn't, it was, it became a fear of mine. Like I got to hire her. Because I can't afford to lose her now. Like she's just inside my head. Like sometimes it's creepy. You know what I mean? There's a, there's no going back. And that's, so that's what I did. And, um, and sure enough, I, I got, you know, an opportunity. I I mean, to go back, what was my first session? I'd never forget. It was a background vocal session on a random, um, you know, artist doing an album with Billy Davis. Uh, you know, Billy, I think Johnny and, um, and Dan, Uh, Dan Mitchell, who was the the studio manager at the tracking room, who, mm-hmm. who gave me the opportunity to do it. Um, he wrote, "If you're going to play in Texas, you got to have a fiddle in the band." I nice. still love Dan to this day, and I'm forever grateful for him. Um, but that was it, you know. And so, and that's what I tell kids a lot too. They're, "How do I break in?" Well, man, don't worry about running a 64 channel console. <laughs> Nobody's going <laughs> to let you do that right off the cuff. Learn how to tune a vocal. Do, or learn how to, you know, do these little things that like I might, you know, might not mind delegating, you know what I mean? And build up from there, show that you're trustworthy and show that you're willing to put in the time and, um, and do a good job and learn from what's maybe not good and then build up to that. So that's essentially kind of how it happened. And I ended up, you know, went on, I mean, I had a six year run at the tracking room, ended up getting to a point where I, I was running the entire place, like doing the billing, doing the booking, was head engineer, was producing projects on the side, was just absolutely like full steam ahead, Um, you know, and then broke out on my By the way, just let let, let me interject for a second. So tracking room, for those of you outside of town who don't know what it is, um, I've recorded a bunch of projects there, is one of the premier facilities in Nashville. I mean, it's the, the room is amazing. What did they got an SSL board in there? SSL 9000 J it's a 7,000 square foot facility. So I think it's, I definitely think it's the biggest, um, as far as one studio, cause they could have probably put three rooms in the building, but they just built one, like their ISO booths are bigger than most like, 
you know, I mean, it's, it's control a, rooms. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and they got a rock room. This is, this is what gets me going, right? They got a rock room <laughs> in there and it's a rock room. It's a room with rock walls and it's huge and it's so reflective. And that's where the drums go. And you got to bring in baffles, right. To, to, to calm it down, to calm the reflections down. But you can cut a rock record there, brother. Let me tell you, come on. Like it's, it's so yeah. good. Like, oh. It's yeah. It's really cool. You know? Um, and once I had that in, I mean, there was no looking back, you know, from there. Cause it's like, and I always looked at it. That was my vision. You know, when I left school was like, okay, how do I break in? I've got to find a studio to, to work at because I need a, I need to learn what the hell I'm doing. You know, first of <laughs> all, and, and B, I need to build my network. And that's, and that's exactly, what I did and I ended up having a six-year run um, before I broke out on my own now which is almost four years ago and um, you know it what can you say but it it was it was very as as awesome as that was it was so much more refreshing to get out into the world once you get to a point and um, okay I'm more than just a great studio like I can go in any studio and because I have a vibe about me I have a way that I handle or I think I do maybe I'm not that cool I don't know but I have a way that I that cool I'm here to test it (laughs) I have a way that I handle my business and like you know it's like I'm going into this and there's certain things that need to take place like I hate you know, I have, I mean, and it's just the littlest details. I hate when I come into a session and I've had like some interns sitting on and there's the cables are just in a rat's nest. It's like, take some pride in yourself and coil them up nice and neat. But pretend Taylor Swift is here every day. And because if somebody's coming from out of town and they're investing all this money and time, they're giving you their music. That's something I take very seriously because mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's their children, you know, I mean, like I write songs too. I've written, you know, I was looking the other day, I've written like 80 songs, probably the first 30 were terrible because I wasn't here and I didn't know what I was doing yet. But like you, that's their children, man. And you have to, you have to handle that like a child and do everything you can to make sure and create a fun experience. First of all, I'm not into like belittling artists and, you know, I want it to be fun. I like to teach when I need to teach. I just try to always serve whatever the situation is, you know, always look at who's, who's paying, writing the check that day and, and be as involved or as not involved as I need to be, you know? So Brent, I gotta, I gotta tell you a quick story here. So, Mm -hmm. On one of the demo slams that we were doing, right, um, uh, it, it's like it was it was already a bad day, okay? Because some days you have a bad day, <laughs> and so okay. I think some of the some of the players got there late. There must have been a traffic accident or something on the twenty four, so people were there like half hour late, forty five minutes late, and we're doing thirty songs, so it's like crazy, right? Like we don't have time to be late, and so already the stress factor comes up. And then I remember specifically the friggin' uh, hard drive went down, right? Oh, man. So I just remember thinking one thing, and this is, this is it. Like, this is the ability to handle, um, to, to handle a crisis, right? I remember thinking two things to myself. I've never seen uh, Zach as stressed out as I see him now, but you wouldn't know it, like, unless you knew Zach, right? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like it was just all smooth. And before anything happened, he got it switched over and we're back on track and we're working again and we we're trying to catch up time. But it was like, I was like, whoa, that was huge. That was a big deal. Right. And then, but Zach just like, 
is as cool as you can be. But I could tell because I know Zach. I could tell he was stressed, and I'm like, man, this is crazy. But you wouldn't have known. Like if you're in there, if you didn't know yeah. Zach, you would have known. Dude. I think that day, that's the only time that's happened where the com- the hard drive. Completely- <laughs> you're pissed. <laughs> well, it just completely took a dump, and and you got thousands of dollars you know gone you know that time's gone those songs are gone i think i want to say that it was uh it was pretty early on so we didn't lose that much but it's like you know i don't have time to ponder on that where where are we going now okay here's what i gotta do i gotta make a new session i gotta find you know i gotta make all my tracks. Cause when you're doing that many songs in a day, you have to basically the, essentially you have everything ready to go. Like I already have my tracks made for any overdubs that are going to happen where I just like arm them and go. They're all routed to the headphones the way they need to do. So you're just like, you don't have time to ponder on that. You have to, and it, you can take that as like with any of your audience, you know, don't ponder on, you know, a meeting that didn't go well, you know, why didn't it go well? Okay. Now how do I improve? How do I get to the next step? What can I learn from it? Um, you know, you just have to fix it as fast as you can. And, um, and people, you know, clients see that you're going, you're doing everything you can to like, all right, make this go right. You know, and that's, that's what it's all about really, you know? So how'd you end up hooking up with Cab? Okay, so um, another shout out. I did um, a record on this girl from Germany. Like uh, one thing at the tracking room, they did like one of those like American Idol type shows at the tracking room where it was um, it was down to like it was all girls, but it was down to like seven or eight of them. They came and filmed, and uh, they wanted me on screen or whatever, you know. And some so through that, some guy, you know, the, the girl's manager reached out to me. and was like, I want to come do it. We ended up doing two records. But the second record uh, we did was really cool. I got to work with two of the guys that were in a 90s band that uh, if you're young, you probably don't remember. They're, bl- they're called Blind Melon, uh, which was oh, one yeah. of my oh, yeah. Yeah. I no mean, rain, uh, baby. No yeah, rain. Well, Brad, Brad was, was a bass player. He actually wrote No Rain, not the singer. And mm-hmm. um, so he played, and one of their guitar players, Chris Thorne. And then um, the original idea was to get all the band because their singer uh, had passed away mm-hmm. and just have them as the backing band. We couldn't get two of the guys. So I, was, I asked Brad, who's the bass player, who's the drummer you like? He's like Dave Cruzen, um, who, as you, know, you may or may not know, but he the original drummer Pearl Jam played on 10, you know, only one of the greatest rock records ever. I was like, yeah, that guy, you know, that'll work. And we got to camp out for (laughs) five days. So it was a project that was really close to my, uh, you know, my heart. I thought it was really cool. So I took it and I started, I, like one week I had a week and I was just on what's called Rofax, uh, which mm-hmm. I, uh, for your audience, Rofax is a subscription thing you can get. And a lot of publishers and songwriters and stuff will, uh, send, Hey, you know, this guy's looking for this type of song kind of thing, you know? Um, so, so that publishers can submit to the right people. Anyway, kind of your song wanted ad. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But they have like a, you know, kind of like a yellow pages thing. So I'm going through this again, qualifying my audience Mm -hmm. and trying to find every single person in, in Nashville, which at the time is 2012. It was even less rock than it is now. But trying to 
and everybody that might under all those emails I sent this one woman, her name's uh, Lee Brandon. And I'm, I mean, she's like my mother to this day or my big, big sister. Um, she, she heard, she was like, yeah, I'll listen to it. She listened to it. She liked it. And, and immediately she just started plugging me in with people. Like, I mean, she, uh, right off the bat, I think I did a, a, a demo session with, um, God, his name, Radney Foster mm-hmm. and Daryl Brown. Um, you know, in the, in the, I remember that cause that was the first day I worked with her. I actually proposed to my wife that day. So it was kind of, kind of a big day. And then, yeah. you know, he, she plugged me in with uh, this guy, Steve Schnur here in town, who's, who's, um, he's like the head of EA. Like he, like he decides every song that's going in every EA game. So he's wow. kind of a big deal. And, uh, but she, she had been working with Keb. Keb moved out here in 2010 and, um, they had just started the Tajmo record. It was very early on. And, um, he also did, had a live record going on. So one of it, he kind of had two guys that he used and uh, one of them, I think got a publishing deal. And the other one, uh, Casey Wozner, who who's on the Tajmo record too. He, he did the initial stuff. He went and, and Kev was like, you go and work on the live record at your studio. Um, and, like a, a door open, you know, and I went out there and, um, I think the first day I did horns, like a horn session, which is, he's, I mean, you, he, he's totally different than anybody I've ever worked with, you know, like to, I mean, he's, he has his process and you don't always understand where it's going, but you, it's not my job to understand. It's my job to, to get what he's trying to get, you know, but it went good. And, um, and I've been, out there ever since when he's not on the road, I'm usually out there. I'll be out there tomorrow. Um, you know, he's about to go to Africa on Sunday for two weeks. He's doing this, um, you know, guitar lessons for kids. I mean, that's the kind of guy he is. He does, he just gives back so much to the world. Um, he's just a really, really special person and there's nobody like him in town. He's kind of like the, the cool blues cat, you know? Um, so Anyway, um, that's how it happened. That uh, you didn't just pull into town and like people started knocking on your door to give you engineering opportunities. <laughs> oh, man. They're like, yeah, you got a record, you got a degree, you must be something, you know. No. <laughs> <laughs> you, and, and by the way, just do these three projects and then right at the that door over there is a Grammy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, nah, no. Nah. So it, it's it's crazy how how. I don't know. It just kind of all, it, it's been like 11 years I've been up here, but it all seems like, you know, maybe three or something. It's just kind of a blur, but I, I entrench myself so much into it. And it's, um, it's funny when people say, man, I wish I knew what you knew. And, and it's like, well, spend a decade, like 90% of your days doing it for 10 hours a day. And then you mm-hmm. will, you know, and it's like, people want things, but they're not willing to put in the work, you know, like you want to be able to write great songs. We'll write a hundred songs like Tom Hambridge, who's a client of mine that I, his super talented writer does all the buddy guy records and works for Skinner and all these people. He was like, you know, he'll do songwriting clinics and, and he'll say, oh, you know, so you wrote a hundred songs and nothing got picked up. We'll write a hundred more, you know, like, mm-hmm. and that's, that's it. Put in the time, man. And don't be everybody, everybody, especially younger they just want it now, now, now. And it's like, man, that's this, it's a privilege to be able to be in the music business. And, you know, we're, you're not doing us a favor. We're, you know, it's you, 
it's such an honor to be just to be able to do this for a living that uh, you have to to treat it that way. I think you know. Yeah, I mean, I nobody's agree. nobody's handing out free rides, you know. So that's right, man. Uh, well. Zach, I, I love, I love, I just love that you got the Grammy, man. I, it just was like one of the best days ever for me, just because I was like, yes, like that's awesome, you know. And and uh, and I'm really, I'm always, uh, you know, happy to see you when we come in the studio for the for the for the demo slams and everything. And and um, I know I talked to you a, a bit about this before, as well as like Buddy and some of the other guys, but. Uh, We've got this song demo scholarship program now where, and I need to thank you for, for agreeing to sort of put in the extra time here for this. But, you know, as you can imagine, we have a regular sort of massive workload of songs for publishing companies, songwriters, stuff like that. And we, and, and, you know, we, we do them in a day because the guys that we're working with, 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 you know, guys like, like you, Zach, guys like Brent Mason, guys like Bobby Terry, Buddy Hyatt, these guys, they do major records, you know? And, uh, but we all get together for a day and do like, it's a good hang. Everybody gets along with each other and we do these tons of songs and I, we kind of cooked up this idea to, to give back a little bit and say, how can we help some songwriters outside of the Nashville maybe that uh, or maybe just newly to Nashville that feel like they're outsiders how can we help them get access to this kind of a talent but without having to spend a, a, a virtual fortune to, to make it like major label money right to make it happen and so we kind of cooked up this idea of the song demo scholarship program where where we got everybody to say hey we're going to do this whole workload that we already have and and I want to add four more songs to it and we're going to pick songwriters and give them the opportunity to record their songs with the Grammy winning Grammy winning engineer with you know talent like Brent Mason, uh, James Mitchell, Mark Fain, Lonnie Wilson, Buddy Hyatt, Bobby Terry, you know, Google these names. These these are the top cats in town and and be able to afford to do it and be able to get that that discount, that volume discount like that the that the uh, publishing companies get. And so it meant a lot to me that you agreed to do that and that you're like, Hey man, I'll, I'll, I'll throw in a little extra time and try to make that happen and, and see if we can't help somebody else uh, get a leg in, man. So I wanted to say thank you for that. Oh, it means a lot to even be the guy, you know, to be asked to do it. You know, it's like, we're only, uh, you have to give back. You have to, if, if I get in the car and die, man, I want, I want to know to, tonight. I want to know that like I gave some knowledge or gave people opportunities because like nobody gets where they're going without help, you know? So you have to like, once you, once you get to a certain place, you have to, you know, start giving that back and you are, you know, you reap what you sow. You're going to get out of this world, what you put into it. I, I firmly believe that. And, uh, so always glad to, to lend a helping hand. Now I can't, I can't, uh, benefit myself out of business <laughs> as Ken, uh, <laughs> Ken has said before to still learn from him, but you know, I'm glad right. to, people still getting paid. Yeah. People yeah. still getting paid, but they're yeah. not, they're, you're not going to get those cats and you and the facilities that exactly. we work out of, uh, for, for one song the you know, for, for an affordable rate on one song. It's exactly. just, uh, it's a little crazy, but, um, yeah, that means a lot to me, brother. It really does. And, and if you, Thank so, you. you know, we, we pick on this program, we pick four songwriters every month and, and we bring them in there. So if you want to be one of those, 
um, you know, let us know. Email your song to info at daredevilproduction.com. Again, production is singular. There is no S. Info at daredevilproduction.com. Put in the subject line, song, demo, scholarship program, and, uh, and you'll be considered. And, and it's, it's very subjective. The, the Daredevil team pours over the songs, and we like a good story, too. We're all about the underdogs, man. So uh, if, you can, you know, if, you, if you feel like you want to write something, why you should be considered over somebody else this particular month, then, then God bless. Go and, go and do it. It might be the, like the way Zach ch- put, put, the, <laughs> put that, that studio name on his resume that got him that first internship. Uh, it, it could be the one that says, hey, we're going to choose you and, and we can come and make this happen. You don't have to be here to do it. We, you know, we Facebook Live everything. In fact, I would venture to say that most of the scholarship winners are, um, they're, they're from out of town. They're from overseas. They, can, they can't, it's too cost prohibitive to get to Nashville, but you can access this talent. And, and there's different sort of, we tried to set it up to make it make sense if you're an artist or a songwriter that has a home studio and all you, you can sing and you can mix, but you can't access talent like this and get these kind of tracks that Zach's going to set up for you and, and that, that we can produce for you. Then uh, if you just need the tracks, you're going to spend less than somebody who needs a vocal and uh, pro vocalist and somebody who needs a pro mix as well. But Zach's the man on the mixes for me, brother. You always come through on that. We got nothing but happy clients and, and it's just an honor to work with you. And, and thanks for giving your time on this, on this podcast. Cause I know you're really busy, especially now after the Grammy and, uh, I know that um, it just means a world to, to to me to come in and know, like, I don't ever worry uh, when I come in with clients and I come in with artists and we've done a couple of those projects together. I just like, like you are not the factor, right? Like it's, that's eliminating all of that worry out of my head. Cause I know that session's going to run smooth and we're going to get what we need. You're going to make sure you remember stuff that I forget. Cause I tell you up front, you know, like, Hey, don't mm-hmm. forget to do this track. I'm like, Oh crap. That's right. Okay. So, uh, it's a, just a pleasure to work with you, man. Thanks for taking the time. No, th- man. Thanks so much. You know, one thing it's like, nobody's ever going to remember everything they, that you say, but they're always going to remember how you make them feel. And that's what, that's what I try to bring to any session, you know, when people walk in, like I said, so, but thank you both for having me. I've been a fan of the, the show. I, I catch it when I can. And, uh, you know, to your audience, listen to what these guys say. They know what they're talking about for sure. Hey, hey Zach, if somebody so wants to work with you, man, how can they, um, you know, how, how does one get a hold of a Grammy winning engineer to, to bring on their project? Okay. Yeah. So I have a website. It's uh, Red Armor Productions. That's R E D A R M O R Productions. And it is plural.com. <laughs> Um, uh, my email, there's a contact link there. Also, uh, Zach at red And that's Z A C H. Um, I'm on Instagram at Zach Allen audio and, um, you can find me on Facebook. I'm friends with you, Johnny. I think I'm yeah. Zach Allen dot 37, you know, uh, which is the default thing they gave me. Cause I think I'm the 37th Zach Allen, uh, <laughs> but you're only, you're the only Grammy winning Zach you Allen. But you're I number one in our hearts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All so right, guys. Well, thanks so much again. Yeah. Thanks. You got it, buddy. On. That brings us to the end of another killer episode of The Climb. Remember to share it if you think this uh, information will help your friends. Uh, Join the Climb community on Facebook. And there's lots of people helping other people there. And Brent and I are weighing in on everything uh, on a daily basis as well. Uh, Just ask to be let in and we'll let you in. Um, 
subscribe to this. If you, uh, if you like these shows, they'll magically appear in your phone uh, on your podcast player. And last but not least, hey, take a couple seconds and leave a rating and review. It helps us look legit to people who are just finding out about us for the first time. And we will make you famous and read your name on the air. So uh, this podcast exists because we want you to win. So keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.